Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer. For years to come, try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Why is it that stories of sexual violence against women have never been part of the Irish War of Independence and subsequent civil war? Why, when those stories have been such an integral part of every other war, like World War I and II, and even later the Bosnian War, are these stories now missing from the Irish Revolution? These are the questions raised and explored in a new documentary airing this week on TG Cahar. Koga Arvana features groundbreaking research from historians and sociologists uncovering many new and untold stories of violence against women during that turbulent time in Irish history. Joining me now to tell us more is writer and director of the documentary, Kira Highland. How are you doing? Kira. Hi, I'm very good. Thanks a million. Not at all. It's having me on the programme. It's great to have you. Now, you have a real keen interest in history and politics and a lot of your work deals with sort of very significant periods of Irish history. So it's perhaps no surprise that you'd examine this era, the Irish War of Independence and Civil War. But tell me what inspired you to write this particular story, which is a war on women, Cuga Arvanagh. Um... This particular documentary, actually, the idea for it sparked back in 2015 when I watched another documentary um, on Come and the Mon, and it was basically about the, the, the women's organisation during like the, the run-up to 1916 and then mm-hmm. the War of Independence and the Civil War. Um, but there was just one line in that documentary, and um, historian Mary McAuliffe said it, and it just burnt, it just burnt into my brain and I never forgot it. She just said, you know, of course, like sexual violence that happened to these women um, was right across the board and it's never been discussed. And it was literally one line in the documentary and I went, oh my God, why has nobody ever said this before? Like, why has nobody ever actually even thought that this was a possibility before? Because until she had said it, it had never even occurred to me that that possibly could have been a feature of the Irish Revolution. Yeah, absolutely. She said it to me, it was like, obviously, it's a feature pretty much of every war, so... So why not? So why not ours? Absolutely. And, you know, more often than not, as you say there, you know, you're watching a documentary about, you know, uh, coming the man, fighting heroically alongside the men in the war, but not, uh, you know, we don't hear these stories about the ordinary citizens who were the victims, you know, fighting battles that continue long after the fighting had stopped. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, um, you know, for many years, it, I suppose the history of the revolution was always about the men and it was always about the fighters and it was about the, the, the leaders. And then I suppose we kind of got a little bit better on that when we started to look at women's active roles and we started to look at them as fighters as well. But, you know, 
I mean, half the population during the revolution was female. They didn't all leave the country. They lived their daily, ordinary lives in what was becoming like a war zone. And it's only recently in the last couple of years we started to look at them and what, what it was like for them as civilians during this really kind of chaotic and turbulent time. Yeah, and you know, the, the documentary, you're dealing with very difficult subject matter. Um, but what you've managed to do is strike this really great balance because it's not very explicit, but it's not sugarcoated either. Uh, was that always something that was in your mind to make sure that it was powerful, but you had this kind of balance in telling it? Oh God, yeah, that was really important. Um, like we had many long, hard discussions at the start about how we would do that because, you know, we, we obviously didn't want to make it really explicit explicit because that's almost exploitative in a way. Mm. But we also didn't want to sort of sugarcoat it and kind of gloss over what happens to these women, you know. So we actually based the documentary around um, first-hand accounts that some of these women wrote themselves. So like letters or diaries or pension applications or witness statements so we have their own words like so we tried to dramatize what happened to them in their own words in a very in a very subtle way and like my actors were amazing yes it's such a hard thing to ask male and female actors to do these scenes you know what I mean and um, but they were so amazing and um, yeah it was it was it, it was tricky to do those scenes to be brutally honest Yeah because you know I, 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 that was a question I was going to ask you know how do you prepare an actor you know as a director how do you speak to an actor for you know shooting a scene like this it, it's challenging obviously for everybody I know that you did um, a directing actors in intimate scenes training course in London but that was very important obviously as well to, to get that training for yourself oh god yeah it was the best training I've ever done actually <laughs> um, oh it was fab yeah I went over to London for a weekend and I we, we spent the four days basically a long weekend um basically talking about how to approach those scenes and you know I got some really practical advice um, from like an intimacy coordinator over there and it's becoming a really big thing in film now about how you how you approach scenes mm. like that because you know some horrendous stuff has happened in the past to actors and, and I suppose particularly female actors um, and you kind of just want to be careful that that doesn't happen again like it's a real thing of trust between you the director and an actor and, and you have to kind of honour that trust so so yeah that training course was brilliant it kind of gave me the skills to sort of you know approach these scenes but my actors were also brilliant like um, a lot of them already knew each other and had worked together before Oh that's so, good yeah Yeah that was you know there was a lot of trust there between them already so they were brilliant but like I owe such a debt a debt to them really because they were so brave and they were so courageous and they were so emotionally honest in the scenes that we did so, Oh absolutely they they, they really are you know and and uh, I know you guys were were quite aware that you had to obviously be, be very true to what had happened to these women mm. there, there are nine stories in total um, focused on here can you give us an idea of some of the women's stories that feature I will, yeah, absolutely. Um, like those nine stories really are just the tip of the iceberg, to be brutally mm. honest. Like we came across loads more. And as this research continues, more and more of these stories are going to come out. Like, you know, it's like a snowball, really. Once you start opening the, the can, it, the can it, it all starts to come out into the air. But we just chose nine and we chose them because we wanted to say, look, it's right across the board. It's in the War of Independence and it's in the Civil War. But it's also like on the part of the, the British Crown Forces, it's on the part of the Free State Army, it's on the part of the IRA. Like no side is exempt really. Um, and yeah, I loved that that you story. did that as well, by the way, that you yeah, show every side. Point. Yes, yes. Yeah, like like it was just, it was, it, you, just, you didn't want to just point fingers and go one side was 
the body mm. the side right that's really oversimplistic you know so and it's also not true so so we chose stories that reflected the full spectrum like we, we chose stories that um like you know from from women who were just not just but you know what I mean women who were like physically beaten up mm. to women who had their hair cropped which was a real common punishment um to women who were raped to people to to women who were gang raped like i mean we we've got all those kind of stories in there, you know, the full spectrum of violence against women, really. Um, and uh, I understand just from reading up on some of this as well, that like a lot of the women, this obviously happened in the in the dead night. Uh, women were dragged from their beds. They were soaked in water, first of all, as well. That was a, that was a thing. And dragged by the hair out. And this is like something that was happening night on night for, for a lot of these yeah. people. Yeah, like raids were such a common feature of life. Um, over the, those couple of years, like there, there was just, um, and all sides raided. You know, mm. like the British Crown Forces raided, the Free State raided, later on in the, in the Civil War, the uh, IRA raided. You know what I mean? And basically, what it was was it was armed bands of men calling up to houses in the middle of the night, banging the doors down, dragging the occupants outside. Um, like often houses were burned, they were looted, people were shot, people were murdered. You know, and it wasn't just women. Like you know, um, men were shot as well. Mm. But at the same time, there were a subset of those raids where there were only women in the houses. And, you know, you're facing an armed gang of men who are hyped up on adrenaline, ready for a fight, annoyed that they don't find the men that they're looking for in the house. And so in that situation, you've got women on their own, vulnerable in their nice attire. And in that situation, you can kind of understand how it would spill over into opportunistic sexual violence. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, with Ireland, you know, there's always shame tied up in in sex in Mm -hmm. some form or another. So I suppose it's not surprising that these stories were were concealed. Were you met with some opposition, though, trying to bring these stories to light? Was it difficult for the historians? Um, There's a group of amazing dynamic historians and sociologists who are currently working on this. And they're starting, their voices are starting to really get heard and they're starting to get this material and their research out there into the into the public. But for many years, um, I mean, some of these women have been working in this area for the last 20 years and it's only in the last couple of years really that their work is gaining some traction and some, some notice in, in the broader, wider public. So I, I personally didn't come across any... Um, any resistance because mm. I think you know I think the time is right now for people to have to hear it I think we've maybe reached a point in Ireland where we can look back at our revolution and without the rose tinted glasses and we can be a little bit more honest about the, the bad things as well as the good things that happened Absolutely, you know, and as you, as you say, yeah. you know, there's there's conversations, you know, around, yeah. uh, you know, things like Me Too, uh, still yeah. very much in, in conversation. So it absolutely is is time for us to hear uh, these stories. We're going to see this fantastic documentary this week, TG Cahar, and I know RTE, BAI have been very supportive as well of, of this work. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm so grateful to them. Like both broadcasters came on board um, and supported it to the hilt. And then the BAI came on board and also supported it. Um, so yeah, really, really grateful that they did back it and that we had the chance to make it and the chance to get it out there into the public. So, and um, what are you hoping that we take from it? Um, I just, I, I suppose, I personally would just like more of a conversation about this whole area out there because um, one of my contributors in the documentary is a guy called Tom Clonan. Um, he was a, a whistleblower in the modern Irish Army, actually, um, and suffered a lot of whistleblower rep- reprisal. 
But he basically, he's a great line in the documentary and it just sticks with me. And it's like, you know, we should really, I'm paraphrasing here now, but <laughs> try to understand, um, you know, the, the true nature, the true sorted nature of conflict on this island in order that we don't go down that route again. And I think the more we understand just how truly awful conflict actually is, I think the stronger the voices to avoid going back down that route. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think that that's a, a really, really great way of, of summarising, uh, you know, what we should take from it. I wish you every success with, with this and, and with whatever project you're working on next, because I know you're an incredibly busy lady. You're always you're always on uh, the lookout for, for projects and all that sort of stuff. But listen, thank you so, so much on uh, for joining me on the show today. Perfect. Could I just say yes. before I go that it airs tomorrow night at half nine on TG Cahar. It does indeed. Tomorrow night, TG Cahar, Koga Arvana, and a very, very interesting documentary uh, by Kira Highland. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.